Good evening and welcome to Open Air and good evening, Ashwini. Hey, Michael. Hi, Ashwini. I have announcements here. Great. It is our tradition to end one year how we hope to be for the coming year. Join Sangha for our second annual virtual New Year's retreat, December 31st through January 2nd. The retreat includes yoga, group sessions, meditation, and guidance by Lottery with Sherry. And backed by popular demand, our next year-long retreat kicks off January 15th with another Best Year Yet workshop, followed by an email class and a year-long exploration of the daily recollection. Join Sangha for this transformational year as we train to recollect the truth of true nature. And that sounds fabulous, Ashwini. Oh, it's going to be. I, I, I think <laughs> yes. we all have had such a wonderful... We always say, what's the next year going to be about? And it's going to be the best year that we're ever going yes. to have. And there we go. Yes, great. Reflective Listening Buddies is one of our longest-lived and most popular programs for a reason. There is no other support quite like it for practicing presence, with participants required to show up for themselves and another every week for 30 minutes. A new quarter starts January 15th, and the deadline to register is January 1st. Is conditioning talking you out of a commitment that you really want to keep? If so, and if you would like some support, sign up for the Keeping Commitments Buddy Program, which begins January 15th. Participants will be paired with a buddy for accountability and support during this kind and compassionate training. And for these and other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And a few reminders for today, Ashwini. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, please press star six and then one to make a show. And a conversation on one topic, please. And about five minutes is great. Okay, Ashwini, I think we're ready here. Great. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Karen in California. Hi, Karen. Hi. Hey, Karen. Hey. Um, oh, I got all excited hearing those announcements. <laughs> that sounds, I'm going to love that. I love the daily recollection, and um, I'm looking forward to the New Year's retreat and um, just looking forward to practice to practice all this mm-hmm. you know now and in the upcoming year and um, you know I I um, I wanted if I could talk a little bit about the process map workshop because I saw something and I just wanted to I put a little sticky note up on my kitchen cabinet so I would kind of like sit with it and see, um, you know, just, I've never seen this before for me. So I was looking at some content and, um, and we were working with the 
um, I, I can't remember all the wording, the core process or um, the core process and then looking at sort of the, what the map is telling us, what life is telling us in the map. And those are my words. And I think I'm, I don't think I've got it all right. But um, yeah, well, what, what we're looking at is what is the message encoded in the conversation that the conversation deflects, right? The way okay. it's encoded causes us to go to what is not so rather than what is so. So okay. looking at the stickies and then trying and working with the map, either sticky by sticky or the entirety of the map to get to, well, what is the message that I'm missing here? Yeah. And I, and I, so what happens for me is um, what I saw in the map, two things that get linked together is that there's certain things I'm supposed to have control over and then when things don't go right, it's a failure. And what so the so the what the the message encoded in the map that I've never been seen before is that life knows that there's no control, and life knows that um, no control does not equal failure, and um, and that failure is not up to Karen. Those are the things that I saw on the map that just for me just spoke so deeply to me. Uh-huh. So if I'm tracking, Karen, the stickies on the map allowed you to look at a core belief, right? The, the process yeah. being you are, you are supposed to have control over something, and if it doesn't go the way it's supposed to go, then it's your fault. You are to blame, and it's failure. Yeah. And so the um, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, bless you. But I'm allergic to. But um, mm -hmm. what you're looking at is well, control is is uh, th there is no such thing as control, or life life is in charge basically, and therefore it's not up to you. Yeah, and it's not up to me if something fails or not, even if there's the best of intention. It's just, it's not up to me how it goes. I don't have control. And even if whatever I'm hoping doesn't go that way, that it's something about, well, that those two things aren't linked, failure and control. And maybe there isn't even really such thing as failure. I'm not sure. I haven't really. Uh, uh -huh. um, well, well I <laughs> yes, just like there's some, nothing wrong, there is not, no such thing as failure, right? Yeah, yeah. Because if you, if, if, I think what you're pointing to is, and then I, I want to ask you a, a clarifying question. What you're pointing to is that there is a, the, the belief is the only thing that links those two things. Yes. That, that there is control, and if you can control something, then it should go a certain way. And if it doesn't go a certain way, that equates to failure. So you're seeing yes. through that the entire falsity of the premise. But the interesting part for me, Karen, is what exactly is on the process map? What, are the, what do you actually see on the stickies around this? Um, oh, what do the say? Let's see. Oh, dear. You can probably hear me opening up the process map and it's a little cumbersome where I am and um, oh, no. okay only if that, that, if that dropped in oh okay um, 
Well, I can tell you what the well the 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 conversation was all about. Um, well, it just had to do with money. It had to do with stewarding money. Um, it had to do with um, what, you know what should happen. Uh-huh. Um, is that what you're asking me? I mean, I yes, to... I was actually looking for the actual conversation because there is a way in which when we extrapolate from the map, um, we might lose the power of the actual message. So I was just interested and curious about what the stickies actually said. Okay. Oh, well, there's a whole bunch of them, Ashwini. But, um, uh-huh. So stop me but if with I'm the going. Few... Yeah, okay, go, go ahead. ahead. If I'm going in the if I'm going off in the wrong direction, um, mm-hmm. just stop me because you can just calibrate me to where where you want me to be because I I don't know where to go on the map. But it started out with excited sensations of and this was a clue for me because this felt like a really young place, and it it goes something like I need to be a really good steward and take care of such and such. Um, I really want to be a good steward. And so it could apply to any content, but it just this was specific around money. Um, I want to make it grow. I want to do really good things in the world. I want to help people, you know, just on and on what I want to do with it. Um, and, um, and then there's a lot of conversation about that goes off in a different direction about um, it's embarrassing, actually, to say this is ego getting embarrassed, but just, you know, about feeling lucky. There's just all these little side conversations about it and then side conversations about, you know, I want to be generous and then ego coming in and saying, yeah, but you aren't and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's behaviors. There's sensations. Um, yeah. uh-huh. There's belief. There, I mean, it just goes on and on. It's a pretty big process map. So, yeah. and, and as you said, it's applicable to every content. But yes. the interesting part that I, I think the the place that you are looking at, and and the reason I was trying to draw you out on the sticky is, um, so it, everything over there is I'm lucky or I'm excited. I need to make this happen. I need so I get why you're pointing to the fact that the onus is entirely up to you to make a difference, right? To make sure that this is you're a good steward, that it does you do the right thing with the money, that you that it goes right. There's a focus on on the eye, and so yeah. uh, the, the there's a, it's such a setup for a, for failure at the end of it, right? So be, because yeah. as you said, as you rightly pointed out, it's not up to you. And that's what you're seeing. The life message is it's not up to you. The map makes it all about the I and the actual life messages. It's not about you. You don't have, nobody has control over anything, even though you have good intentions. You can have good intentions, but it's not up to you. And the map makes it about you and what, what the, the, the life orientation under the map is it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly true. And the tip-off was me. Now, I actually that was not what drew me to see this. What drew me to see it was um, the original 
the sensations like there's that starts out all excited and enthusiastic like a little kid that's opening a gift and is just completely excited and and I just thought gosh that who's that you know like that you know, who's this person that is just so intent on everything has to be a certain way and everything you know and she's got she's all excited and she wants to do this and this and it just it just felt like it wasn't a grounded adult grown-up feeling and uh-huh. that's that's what kind of got my curiosity and got me sort of really looking at what gosh what like it made me question everything I was looking at on this map uh-huh. Well, and, and you know, Karen, the part of what we want to be in, and I think that was the preface to the workshop, is that we don't want to draw any conclusions. So yeah. it, it caught your attention, uh, but to to be able to be in in the inquiry, not the conclusion, would be something to the effect of excitement is is sort of in some ways what we experience when we're here, the field of possibility. The yeah. condition part of it is the excitement over something, right? We could be excited yeah. all the time. We could be excited about everything yeah. all the time. Yeah. And so that's, that, to, to go to who is this person takes it out of the realm of process, right? Okay. Of excitement. I received something. Yeah. Oh, today I received a wonderful glass of water. Tomorrow I received a, a bunch of money. Um, and then I, and I, you know, got in the car and my car started, I received that. You could just be excited about everything. Yeah. What we're told is that, that the excitement is related to something rather than we're in the process of excitement. Yeah. So, so there's I nothing see what wrong you're with being excited. Yeah. So, so, so it, it, I guess what I'm pointing at is when we move into the inquiry, be really, really careful that we're not framing the question in a way that shuts off the life answer. Okay. Yeah, so that open inquiry, this catches my attention, this is excitement. I'm, a, I'm just going to stay with that. Yeah, well, it was excitement paired with all, the, this, all this conversation that pours out that sort of, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know. Which is interesting seeing. to see. Yeah, because what what you what you just saw, which is really really important, is there's excitement and then there's the conversation. Yes, yes, okay, I see. Yes, mm-hmm. right. And yeah. the conversation goes on the map. It's what takes us away from the moment. That takes us into the process of the suffering and the setup around it. But if you stayed yeah. with the excitement, you could just be excited about whatever it is that you've got. And excitement yeah. takes many forms. Oh, I could do this and I could do that and. I could do this and I could do that. That might be the uh, the the words that express the process of excitement. And if we don't believe the conversation that results, where you become a person who now has responsibility over what it is that you've been given, and then it becomes a very very serious process of control and high stakes and failure attached to it. You could just be, oh, this is a gift from life. I'm very excited to receive the gift, and since it's life's gift, life will tell me what to do with it. That just that just really landed. Thank you. <laughs> I want right? to listen to it. That just 
completely landed because that's like the reassurance or the that's really true. I mean, that just feels mm-hmm. like the essence of really truly what happened and all there is to it. And then I that's look right. at all this other stuff with all mm-hmm. these beliefs and all this conversation and all these side conversations about, well, you're mm-hmm. not this or you are this or you're too much that or, you know, or what just that's or right. the, you know, all of that or the behaviors, you know, checking statements and, you know, and just all kinds of weird stuff that, you know, I mean, to me, it's, it's strange behavior. That's why I yes. made the map because I just yes. like I don't want to do this. Yes. I want to be back with what you just said. Just like thank you, and thank yes. you for and thank you for the drink of water and thank you that the car started and thank you that tonight I'm in a nice warm cozy house and you know and just yes. just like that. Yes. This is just one more thank you. Yes. And, well, there's two um, things about that, Karen. Just two things about that. So one. When you started off this conversation, you were looking at what the life message is, is that life is in, uh, there is no control, uh, life is in control, right? The difference between saying something like that, which feels like an intellectual sort of another belief, right? Because we're going we're gonna to deconstruct the suffering process and put a label on it that's a life process, which is very, very different from the experience you just went to in the first sticky, just now what you said, right? Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. From that place, we absolutely know the experience that, that I have received this. It's life's gift. Life will tell me whether or not I need to check a statement or what the next thing to do with that is going to be. And then the entirety of every behavior that's on the map can unfold with intelligence rather than with anxiety rather than with suffering, right? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. I'm so glad this is recorded because that's what that's what I want to just plug in and listen to and, you know, put on my recorder and just, um, yeah, that's exactly it. That, and to close the uh, loop on the original question, there is no such thing as failure, right? Because if everything is going the way life is, life is, is, is wanting it to go, which is the way it's going in the moment, there yeah. is nothing to compare it to something that's going differently. I mean, we can absolutely say there's nothing wrong, there are no mistakes, and there are no failures, because yeah. that is a true statement. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay, well, thank you. really, really appreciate you helping me kind of process that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for joining us, Karen. And actually what I heard in that is that when I see excitement, when I experience that excitement, then all of the rest of the conversation about me and what's wrong in the situation and the circumstances can drop away. Yeah, we could nip the, uh, nip the process map in the first sticky. Yes. 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 Fabulous. And Ashwini, we're going to go to Good News Update, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Wonderful. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. And Jen, I'm turning it over to you for Good News Update. Thanks, Michael. 
And I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Mary Ann, who is here to speak with us about her experience of participating in the recently concluded Conscious Compassionate Sending Group Coaching. Welcome, Mary Ann. Hi, Jen, Michael, everybody. Thanks for being with us today. It's so the thing. thing. <laughs> it is, it is. And we've had some uh, the chance over the last, I don't know, a few weeks, I guess, um, to hear a little bit about the Conscious Compassionate Setting, about people's adventures with that. We heard from Rebecca about some ideas of ways to, you know, alternative holiday buying, and um, Todd talked to us a little while ago about how he's practiced with that over the years. And I know there were a group of folks who had the privilege of coming together in a group coaching setting to really explore that topic and continue to look at it. So we thought it would be fun to have you on and to talk about your experience of that process. Yes, I'm happy to do it. Where would you like me to start? <laughs> you are welcome to start wherever you'd like to. Well, uh, I guess I'm just not sure if people are aware what the, the how the process worked with the class, which was to um, uh, make a commitment in the class and then uh, email the steward during the week to uh, as sort of a reminder about keeping the commitment and then um, to call in to check in at, in a conference call. So that was sort so of... each person got to have each person got to have kind of their particular focus, how they wanted to be working with that topic over those four weeks. Yes, yes. And um, what uh, was interesting for me right off the bat was how the voices of conditioning came in and said, uh, I don't think this is an issue. You know, there's, no, there's nothing really to work on. And so, you know, that's always a clue that there is something. <laughs> exactly so. Exactly so. Nothing to look at here. No, don't look here. And that becomes our biggest clue of there must be something pretty good to look at here. Yeah, it's like uh, it's really like that shell game uh, where the magician has got a peanut under a shell and is moving them around. Look over, and he distracts the audience by saying, "Look over there," and then moves the sh the, the uh, things around, and so you can never guess what's where the peanut's gone to. So, anyways, that's kind of what happened at the beginning, but. Um, I started off with making a commitment to um, make a recording every night about where I was spending my money and what good things I might be spending it on. Mm -hmm. So making a recording on that sort of to note, just bring conscious awareness, we could say to what is it that you're spending your money on, and also the things that you are seeing as good things to spend your money on. So I did that, and then as I was doing that, I realized, well, you know, it's not just money. <laughs> it's about how I spend my time and energy as well. You know, they're all kind of linked. Absolutely, and so you started to broaden it out and look at those as well, seeing the 
that whole thing. It's not just about money. That process is happening with time, with energy, with... Yeah, so then I was looking at... Um, yeah, this, the, the stories that came up and some beliefs about, you know, how I don't need to examine any of this, that I'm, I'm fine, I don't need to examine this. So that was, um, yeah, there was um, resistance all the way. Um, but I had strategies, so there's make a commitment and then record and listen to what I saw. And then using sticky notes, I put sticky notes in my iPhone case so that when I went to pay for something, I would remember that I was going to do it with gratitude. Uh -huh. Oh, it's so perfect. So you, you know, I just have this image of conditioned mind is constantly trying to, to get us, right, to put these imaginary pitfalls in our place, in our way. And instead, you're booby-trapping yourself to, to have that awareness, right? So you stick that sticky right there where you're going to see it when you go to pay for something. And that reminder that you want the process you want to be practicing with it is to be in gratitude. Yeah. I also made a little deals with myself because this is one of the things I noticed with shopping is I would have a list but there's always something on sale or there's something I hadn't seen before. Oh, that would be nice. So this is the deal I made with myself that if I really needed it, I could go out of the store and come back um, later and buy it if I really needed it. Oh. I mean, again, <laughs> I just project that, that drives the voices crazy, right? Because what you're doing is you're bringing conscious, compassionate awareness to this topic. And so something like that, where that, a structure like that, where you, the agreement is, it's not a deprivation thing, right? Not a, nope, you can't have it. That's not what we're doing. It's an agreement to bring that awareness, to put that pause in there. No, okay, so I'll leave the store. And if I truly need it, then I'll come back, which I'm guessing would would give you the time and the space to actually have that that orientation of conscious compassion and awareness instead of just being driven by that unconscious process. Yeah, because then it gets down to is this a need or is this a want? And you know, by the time I've got outside the store, I have forgotten all about it. Uh, uh -huh. It works so well. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm guessing that that's an interesting place to look too, right? So, you know, that may have just been the particular way that you were practicing with it, you know, looking at what is a need versus a want. Um, but that could be an interesting one too, right? Am I allowed to have only things I need? And how, is that get, that could, how does that get defined? And, you know, what is want versus need? Sounds like there's a whole big exploration in there as well. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so that kind of brings me down to uh, um, the um, the sort of the thing that dropped in. This was kind of a heart sensation. So I'm walking past the store, and I have a a, a desire to go in. I have an urge to 
an urge to buy something. I, it was not clear to me what it was, but just go in and buy something. And I just had like a second pause and I went, ah, I don't really need anything because I feel content. And that was the kind of the first time I went, wow, that I, that's not something that usually I notice that I'm content. So that has been kind of the redirecting my focus from the the urge to buy things that I don't need or maybe don't even want uh, to go, I'm content. Do I really? You know, because some of the things would be buying stuff that would be like it would be for the future. And you know, and you what, know, that's why not just have what's what what you need now, <laughs> right? Well, and that's so it, isn't it? Because of course, so often what we're promised in that you know, going to buy something is that we want to have a certain experience, and we're promised that experience if we buy this thing, right? I mean, our entire economy is based on it, and so what you're doing is so perfect, right? Because you're sort of cutting out that middle place and going straight to well, let me just check in. Wow. Come to discover you're content right now, which really leaves you in a place of freedom, right? So then you can either buy the thing or not buy the thing. But, you know, what you started with, um, you were aware of a, I can't remember you said urge or just wanting to go buy something. I project that, quote, tiny little thing right there. As you say, it's not just money. It's everywhere in most of our lives, all the time, we're being run by tiny little urges back there that tell us, you know, I want to eat something, I want to buy something, I want to, I want to, whatever it is. And we almost never see it. And to stop and be able to look at that and actually notice that that's what's going on, be able to check in, and then to have that experience of, I'm actually content. I don't even really want to go in that store. Yeah, it, for me, it's been a big thing to go just to to recognize contentment. That this is a feeling that I hadn't really identified so clearly, and so it, it gets down to contentment with what I'm doing, uh, how I'm spending my time, how I'm where I put my energy. So, yeah. So of course. I would say uh, that, you know, the um, contented, conscious, compassionate spending. Was <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. Well, and it's one of those things. Imagine what a different world we would live in if we all practiced, trained to do that, to go to a place of contentment. Because it's not, it's not that we're never going to buy anything again, right? There are things we're going to purchase. There are things we're going to purchase because we need them, you know, vegetables on our tables, food. There are things we're going to buy because we want them, you know, a, a new cozy sweater, whatever it is. But if we had that training to stop and connect into that contentment first, ooh, I just project we would live in a very different world with a lot less in the landfill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think uh, so. 
Uh, well, Marianne, thank you so much for being with us today to talk about your experience. Well, thank you. Thank you for the practice. Thank you. Thank you for your participation. And Michael, we'll turn it back over to you and Ashwini. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, Marianne. Welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwini, I loved that bit about contentment and recognizing contentment. And uh, I noticed myself breathing easier <laughs> as I'm talking about it. Yeah, it was such a powerful and inspiring conversation precisely for what they, what they were pointing to, which is we're living in a dissatisfaction that we don't notice. But if we notice that we are actually contented, then we wouldn't want to get away from the dissatisfaction. Right? It's manufactured yeah. completely. Mm. Yes. Okay. And we have another call here. Next caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Hello, it's Susan from Iowa. Hi. Well, boy, it's just been so much encouragement, inspiration, and eye-opening just this evening so far. But what I was noticing Mm -hmm. myself, what I've been noticing since um, the year-long retreat ended with, you know, no more assignments and no more daily calls, is... um, how much I appreciate and enjoy the uh, Project Joy app. Mm-hmm. I use all the time, even when we're doing the class. But it's just it's just like something there, even when we're not assignment calls. I really like it. It's been really helpful. And the mm-hmm. other thing, I sort of have been, you know, looking at the year and sort of back to one of the things that I picked up in the year-long retreat last year was being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, then did you, just, and Susan, did you say being comfortable with being uncomfortable? Yes. Mm-hmm. That discomfort is, is where I am when I'm practicing. I'm, I look at it sometimes as creating new neural pathways and it's like running through the wilderness instead of down the well-defined you know, defined road. Mm-hmm. So it feels like running through the wilderness and it's uncomfortable, but that's what I'm doing and practice mm-hmm. doing. Well, y- yes, because, y- y- you know, Susan, when we start to look at things like comfort and discomfort, I, I think Sherry just said this somewhere, where comfort is just that we're running with our familiar, there's nothing that's disturbing ego, right? So we just are comfortable because we are who we are and ego is what is doing what ego is doing and there's nothing that disturbs it. And so discomfort, that is an interesting experience because for a practitioner of awareness because that actually is cluing me into Something is not within quotes. Uh, something is upset here, right? There's a there's a there's something that that prompts me to look. Well, what is that sense of discomfort? What is unfamiliar? 
It causes me to pay attention. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And what's what's crazy about that is exactly it, is what's comfortable is being unhappy and suffering, and what's uncomfortable is happy and content. That's right. What is comfortable, that we're comfortable in our suffering and uncomfortable because our ego is uncomfortable in our happiness, right? And we just need to make sure we assign the feeling to the right entity here, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, that if ego is comfortable, then there is a sense of comfort. If ego is uncomfortable, then we're supposed to think that there's something wrong and do something about that and go back to the suffering place where we're comfortable. But once we start to, to clue into the process, then what we notice is exactly what Marianne just talked about, right? I'm happy. If I'm not identified with ego, there's just contentment and happiness, and all of that is wonderful, and that just simply makes conditioning uncomfortable, not me. Yeah, yeah, that's it, exactly, but it's big practice for this one. Oh, Uh, well, yes, yes, because it's a complete rewiring of a a rewiring of a conditioned orientation yeah because we're supposed to seek comfort which is whatever the whatever is familiar whatever doesn't rock the boat whatever keeps the status quo going everything that is just the same and continuous and where nothing disturbs me that's that's the ideal and then suddenly you do a practice of awareness and you're encouraged to the exact opposite orientation. Put yourself in places. Put yourself in the queue. Talk about your process. Reveal the ego. And then it starts to squirm. So a large part of our spiritual practice is being all right with ego squirming, ego being uncomfortable. And once we get clued into that, then we're free to be happy because we know that we're not what's squirming. We're not uncomfortable. Yes, and as you said, remembering what's what and who's who. Yes, exactly. And it's sort of the focus of our next year, right? Recalling what's what and who's who. And that's how how we we are moved back onto the process map, back onto the suffering place, because ego's primary tool is getting us to forget. Yes, yes. Well, I'm grateful for practice because it keeps us remembering. Yes, me. Yes, and to, to do exactly what you're doing, which is to surround yourself with reminders, right? So the year long used to be that for you. And in addition to the year long, there's Project Joy. And when the year long's not going, just because that structure is not available, you surround yourself with structures because it becomes really, really important to you to know who's who. I want to be happy, so I want to choose to remember happiness is who I am rather than being caught in that suffering place and within quotes feeling pseudo comfortable yes (laughs) yes and that's all we can do right Uh, Susan laughs because the fruits of our practice pay off yes 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 thank you again yes laughing I'm uh, I'm so I'm so pleased with myself. I'm laughing. <laughs> yes, yes, 
we are pleased, aren't we? Mm. We are pleased. Yes, life delightful. is Thank you. Thank you. That's it. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Susan. And Ashwini, I love that part about uh, remembering what's what and who's who. That seems to be the critical mm-hmm. part of the program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the underline on the remembering. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And we have another caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Um, good evening. This is Paula in Charleston. Hey, Paula. Hi. I um, this is really enjoying and appreciating how many opportunities there always seems to be in this particular this practice. It's just um, astounding. So it yeah. is indeed. We're so privileged. <laughs> It is. And it's taken me back. Um, you know, this week I've been looking at wonder. And uh, as uh, the word from the uh, what universe are you creating? And it's, it's just, it's been a wonderful week to look at, <laughs> to look at wonder and um, be delighted with what each day what each day will bring, not the living in the not knowing, you know, not, never knowing what this day will bring. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. and you, you're, two things, right, right there, right, Paula, which is if I'm looking through the lens of wonder, how can I not have a wonderful week? Because <laughs> I'm looking for the wonder, right? And that's such an important uh, training structure that what you practice is what you have. And if I want to have a wonderful, happy life, then that's what I'm looking for. And that second piece that you you just said is also so important because if I know something, I don't. I'm not going to wonder at it, right? That the sense of knowing that comes from, well, it's a tree. (laughs) But living in the not knowing that you're talking about where I'm present for it. I'm present in that not knowing, in that I, I don't know what this unfolding looks like. Then I, a tree that I might have passed 500 times on my way to work or whatever else is, is, is never dismissed in that way, right? It, it's for the, I, I, I encounter it. I don't know what it looks like. I might see three more leaves. I might see a, a cobweb on it. It's just that that cultivating that orientation of not knowing predisposes us to wonder. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and joy. I mean, it's just so much joy, joy to, to, um, to live in wonder. It's such a, you know, it's a miracle. It's the miracle of life that we see when we're living from that place of what, what now? What's going to be new today? Mm-hmm. What will I see? Mm-hmm. What, um, how 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 am I with what mm-hmm. is going on now? Um, yeah, it so. takes us almost back to our childhood, right? That's how we lived. Everything was exciting. Everything was something we could be curious about. Everything was an adventure. 
because we just didn't know anything, and we were just happy with everything and excited about everything. Yeah. And to be able yeah. to do that consciously is, is also such a gift. Mm. Yeah, and that's a, a gift of this practice is that, you know, we get to that point time and time again where we are reminded of the power of living in wonder and the power of, uh, of presence um, you know, watching the sun come up in the morning and feel that, like, in the empowerment of that um, and having the willingness to, to call into the radio show, um, mm-hmm. having the willingness to be present with, as, as, as we say, with every new moment of creation. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's just yeah. such yeah. a... It's a miracle. That's all I can say. It's a miracle. <laughs> it, yes. And, yes. you know, it's that someone else has said, I think I've heard this in practice too, it's like, you know, nothing's a miracle and then everything's a miracle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, just depends yeah. upon your point of view, right? That same thing we yes. started out with. Everything is wonderful or nothing is wonderful. It really, really depends upon my, yeah. my, my uh, attention, right? There we go quality of our lives is determined by the focus of the attention. And that's what I heard you say, the power of the power of our attention. Because if I'm here for the sunset, it's because I'm directing the attention to that. And I'm there for it, present for it, and that's my experience. It's wonderful and I feel tremendous joy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and one example of that happened to me this evening is was really sitting in meditation, and then um, it dropped in that I all of a sudden, uh, or not all of a sudden, but a couple of things have happened. Of course, it's also the holiday. I'm reflecting on um, my uh, grandson who who passed away um, in 2013, and um, I it's it's the holidays, and I, I'm thinking of. He would be 19, off to college this year, and I, it, it drops in. He'd be coming home for Christmas. <laughs> mm. And I just, you know, uh, Ashwini, I sat there, and I had a good cry. Mm. And by that, I mean I just let life have me. I didn't go into any story about how awful it was, how hard it was, any of that. I just let life happen. And when I got through that cry, I felt wonder, just like I had felt all day, all week. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, um, I said to my husband, you know, that love never dies. That's love. Never dies. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what you've lost. Yeah. It doesn't. You know, the physical form dies, but that love doesn't mm-hmm. die. Mm-hmm. Yes, and what a miracle, right? To be able to let life have you, and in some way, he did come home for Christmas. Yes, in more than one, a couple of ways today. I I found some after his death. I 
was in a writing class and I wrote lots and lots of things that I was experiencing and um, I ran across it today. I had tucked it away somewhere and um, just haven't looked at it for many years. Mm-hmm. And then I found something else. I found a little notebook that uh, my children had, had given me for Mother's Day that year and I had hidden it away because, and it has, I pulled it out and it has pictures of that grandson all on the front mm-hmm. cover. And I thought, I know I put that away. And today I was really ready. I don't, I don't know even where, I just ran across it. I wasn't looking for it. I, didn't, I had kind of forgotten I even had it. And there it was. And I, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever we're ready for, I, I mm-hmm. feel like life is right there to support us. Um, and, I, I, of course, I couldn't help when I talked about all the support that this practice offers is the support that was offered to me after that tragic loss. It was like, mm-hmm. I keep remembering, um, or I no, keep remembering, I just remember <laughs> that mm-hmm. here I was so... Um, blessed, I guess that would be the mm. word, to have connection in this sangha where I could talk to someone who just understood so well. And um, it's, it's just a glorious thing that we have here. And um, mm-hmm. I, 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 know, I know you know that. I know people know that in the sangha. But it truly is helpful to be able to express it again, um, the deep gratitude and the impact that all that this practice offers has on a, a lifetime. It's changed. It's, it's changed. It's supported me in so many ways. And it has, as I've changed over the years. Mm-hmm. So I I guess again a call of uh, gratitude to express like um, I don't know <laughs> just mm-hmm. deep deep gratitude gratitude and wonder for mm-hmm. how <laughs> how mm-hmm. how does how does how could this how could I be so lucky to mm-hmm. be yeah. here now and talking to you this evening and and uh, listening in on calls from other Sangha members. So um, thank you for that. And 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 just nothing to add to that, right, Paula, except that over and over again, whatever we point to, whether it's the practice or whether it's life offering us this beautiful gift of a notebook, in the most appropriate and exquisite time, it's always the recollection of the love that is here present available always operating right always it yeah. always comes back to that love yeah yeah well thank yeah. you for always, um reminding yeah. all of us of 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 that experience of being supported and to taking us all to an expression of gratitude because i think we all went yeah. there when you said it mm. mm-hmm. okay thank you and uh, gosh, oh. back to wonder. 
Thank you. Back to wonder. <laughs> Every day, back to wonder. Mm-hmm. Wonder what tomorrow mm-hmm. will bring. Wonder what tonight will mm-hmm. bring. Okay. Mm-hmm. Take good care. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Paula. And, wow, that was beautiful, Ashwini. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I certainly went on that ride with that, with you and Paula also. And uh, mm-hmm. so I'm glad to have the Kleenex nearby here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to go straight to our next caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Hey, Ashwini. Hey, Michael. This is Sherry in San Francisco. Good to, hey, good to connect. I, wow, I have just really loved the, <laughs> I think someone used the word ride. It feels like a ride having listened to this call and going, going to the places where people are, you know, in their awareness. It, it's, such a, it's such a gift. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm... Um, I've been doing the, the Huber cure today. I've, I've had COVID and I was under the covers today just listening to a lot of the archive shows from the morning show. And like other people have said, just the miracle of having the support of practice, even, you know, even when no one's quote unquote really there, but it's just all the archives. It feels, it feels as alive as, as it was when it happened. Mm-hmm. And yes, it feels as alive as when it happens because we're so present to it. It's like ancient wisdom or where we, it's not even reliving it, right, Cherry? We're present to it. Yes, yeah. And there were, there were many, many, many moments where, you know, of course, because now it's been, a, it's been, you know, weeks since I might have heard it before and I'm in a different place and, Different things obviously, you know, jumped out mm-hmm. at me, dropped in, mm-hmm. and, and I, mm-hmm. I really appreciated that part too. Yes, and if you didn't know that it was a recording, it would, it would be just the same as <laughs> if you were calling in and listening to it. it would, exactly. And the other thing yeah. is that I just want to say is because I want to out it is that I, I got really, really, really pummeled by conditioning last week. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm. I don't know if it's if it's a strain of COVID that that causes it or what, but um, I just feel especially grateful. You know how that is. Like like after being pummeled, there's something mm-hmm. even more um, heart opening to have mm-hmm. a foundation to come home to. Mm-hmm. Yes. So to know that when you were. Yeah, it's it, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting uh, juxtaposition, right? Sometimes when you're so uh, when you're so beaten up, then to to the, the sweetness is almost more sweet, right? So when you see the solace, or when you feel the consolation, or the comfort of the goodness of of life, and you receive it. Yeah, it's just that much more comforting or you appreciate it more. I think that's what Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it it is. So like when I was under the covers listening to the shows and um just feeling a safety, right, that mm-hmm. I I hadn't felt 
you know, last week there was definitely a very, very dangerous <laughs> feeling of conditioning, mm-hmm. you know, just really wanting to kill me, like really. And then to mm-hmm. have that juxtaposition, juxtaposition, like you just said, um, of safety, and that Sangha mm-hmm. represents safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the embodiment of what's good, kind, patient, loving, everybody moving in the same direction of working out their own salvation, the togetherness of it. Yeah. Yeah. You can have any experience you, you're having and it's perfectly understood and all you ever receive is encouragement. Uh, yes, yes. And even just, I've said this before, but I, I was experiencing it again today, which is sometimes... I just, it's almost like listening to music, you know, like there's just the, these voices that I've heard for, you know, decades now, you know, like, mm-hmm. like favorite, <laughs> like favorite lyrical sounds mm-hmm. almost. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and then we've talked about this, that it's, it's not the content, you know, I mean, although that's sometimes mm-hmm. really helpful, but it's the, it's the presence coming through like music. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's almost as if you tune into the process of what's going on, which is high levels of presence. And that has a vibrational frequency of its own that you can tune into even if you're not listening to the words. Yeah, right. Right, because sometimes, you know, not always, but sometimes when I'm, I'm paying attention to the words, it can get, you know, the mind can get involved in a way that when, when I, like you just said that, sometimes it's being tuned into the 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 awareness, the presence, the, the life of each mm-hmm. caller and, you know, who's ever mm-hmm. guiding them. Yeah, there's something that it just bypasses conditioned mind somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, or a different way of saying that, right, Sherry, is that when we're listening in awareness, it's, it's, that's what we experience. The mind is no longer operating. It's all well, right? It's <laughs> the mind <laughs> right. is operating. Yeah. Right. Like, like when, yeah. when someone, one of the callers tonight was talking about contentment, they, mm-hmm. this body experienced contentment, right? It just mm-hmm. is like, oh, it's like a fast track to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Just redirect the attention to that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, I see that it's our time. So I just want to, I just want to offer my own gratitude. Thank you so much. I love Loved getting to, to chat with you a bit and hear everybody today. Well, and take good care of yourself and um, healing energy and speedy recovery. Well, deep gusho. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. Thank You're you, welcome. Thanks for joining us, Sherry. And that was wonderful, Ashwini, the whole show from beginning to end. Just yeah. fabulous. And uh, brings me right here. Me too, Michael. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you, everybody. Yes, thank you, and go happy. Go happy.